0: I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, three more amazing questions on self-directed IRAs and solo 401k. So let's get started now. First question from Facebook. Is a brother-in-law a disqualified person? So really good question. It's super important to understand the disqualified person rules. If you're using an IRA or 401k to make an investment, probably the most important thing to know is who is a disqualified person under Internal Revenue Code section 4975. Why? Because that will essentially determine if your transaction will be prohibited or not prohibited. So in essence, if you look at 4975E e as an it's gonna go through and discuss and identify who is a disqualified person. And essentially, for purposes of today's podcast, I'm just going to summarize this in short form. A disqualified person is essentially you as the IRA owner, your lineal descendants, your parents, your children, your spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, any entities controlled by such persons, whether it's a trust, corporation, LLC. And ultimately, in the proposed Build Back Better bill, there is a proposal to have the ira also as a disqualified person so brother-in-law sister-in-law brother sister are not disqualified people so you are able you are permitted you are allowed to transact with a brother-in-law or sister-in-law so you can buy a house in your ira and rent it out to a brother-in-law you can or sister-in-law you could lend money to a brother-in-law or sister-in-law so you can't transact with a brother-in-law or sister-in-law just like you can transact with a third party. If the brother-in-law was a son or daughter or parent or child or grandparent, then you would not be able to transact with such person because such person would be deemed a disqualified person under Internal Revenue Code, Section 4975. So great question. And that was from Facebook or Meta, as I guess it's called now. Second question from YouTube. What is the difference between a debt and equity investment? And can my self-directed IRA do these types of investments? So amazing question. I'm really happy Barry, my producer, was able to um, you know get me this question. So why I like this question so much is because it's super important to understand the difference between debt and equity. And I just want, and don't be embarrassed if you don't know the difference, okay? It's not something that most people even understand, even though it should, it's just not something that is really focused on. But a debt-to-equity investment is important, especially in the context of an IRA, because one one type of investment, i.e. equity investment, could potentially trigger what's known as an unrelated business taxable income, or UBIT tax, versus a debt investment that may not. So what is debt? We all know what debt is, right? We all got some debt. Well, debt is what debt is. It's a loan. So if you lend a company money or you lend someone money, an individual or business, that is debt. That is a loan. You could be the borrower or you could be the lender. But that is a debt transaction. There is a stated rate of return, right? 5%, 8% interest, whatever it is. Generally, a duration of that loan. One year, five years, 30 years. Those are generally the characteristics of debt, where it's basically a stated return over a stated number of years. Equity investment is essentially buying stock, right? Buying Tesla, buying Apple stock. In the case of equity investment, there is no guaranteed return of capital. There is no stated return, right? Tesla can go from a thousand to a million, or it can go down to zero, right? There is no stated Interest or principal or payment amount. And there's no duration, right? It's not a two year investment or a five year investment or a 10 year investment. It's essentially open investment where you can sell it anytime you want or potentially closed investment. If it's like a lockup investment, like a hedge fund or private equity where you may be locked up, but ultimately you could potentially um, sell it. So again, deck to equity in an IRA, you can do both. You can obviously do loans and you can also buy stock, or you can do private placements into private businesses. It does not just have to be a publicly traded security. But the one thing to remember is if you are doing an equity investment, a couple things to remember. If your IRA isn't making an equity investment into a non-corporation, so it's not buying stock, it's buying an interest in an LLC or partnership, which is treated as a pass-through entity for tax purposes. Think of it as a funnel then you need to potentially be focused on the ubit or unrelated business income tax which can go as high as 37 How how is ubit triggered three instances if your ira through that pass-through entity uses or that pastor entity uses margin to buy stock let's say a hedge fund or your pastor entity i.e your ira or 401k remember it's essentially treated as owning those assets uses leverage or debt to make that investment, that could also trigger the UBIT tax, okay? Or if that underlying business, or I should say underlying pass-through entity, invests or is an active trader business like a restaurant. So UBIT is triggered in those three instances, margin to buy stock, you your IRA or 401k invests in an entity that uses leverage to buy real estate, for example. Now, there is an exemption for 401ks under 514c9 that allows a 401k, like a solo 401k, invest in real estate using leverage, a non-recourse loan, for example, without triggering that UBIT tax. And then thirdly, if your IRA or 401k invests in a pass-through business, restaurant or store, that Net income, if it's over a thousand bucks allocated to the retirement account could trigger or will trigger the UBIT, which can go as high as 37%. So that's why it's important to recognize an equity to debt investment. Now, what about a convertible investment? Well, you have to look at where it, that investment is at the time the cash is received. So even though you have the right to convert it in two years from debt to equity, if you're receiving cash now as a loan, then the payments, that interest would not be subject to tax, right? There are essentially five categories of income that are exempt from UBIT. And it's all the five passive category incomes, rental income from real estate, capital gains, interest, dividends, royalties, um, interest. So an interest payment from a loan would be exempt from the UBTI tax. So that's why if you did a debt investment into a restaurant and the restaurant paid you 10% return, yes, your upside would be capped, but your interest received would not be subject to the UBIT tax. Whereas if you did an equity investment into that restaurant, you would have obviously unlimited upside, but your income from that restaurant, that pass-through business would be subject to the UBIT tax. Now, if you notice, I use the words pass-through, like an LLC or partnership. If your IRA or 401k makes an equity investment into a corporation, C-Corp, like Tesla or Apple or any privately held C Corp, you would be exempted from the UBTI tax because there is an exemption there. Well, the C Corp acts as a blocker to the application of the UBTI tax. So something to keep in mind if you are doing equity investments, if you can keep it to a C corporation, then you're not gonna have to worry about UBIT, whether it's through pass-through income or leverage in that corporation. But if it is a pass-through entity that is operated as a business and there's over $1,000 of income, making an equity investment could trigger UBIT, whereas if you structured the transaction as a debt transaction, then the interest paid by that company would not be subject to UBIT. So great question. Third one comes from Jerry K of Austin, Texas. Jerry wants to know, if my solo 401k is buying a rental real estate property, should I use an LLC? Wow, Barry, great job on these questions. Um, again, I'm going to give you <laughs> the lawyer answer. There's no right answer, right? Don't you hate when lawyers kind of get, write you a memo, I don't know, or an email, and then basically they'll give you an answer. They give you both sides and then they send you a bill. I hate when my lawyers do that. Uh, I have a lawyer I use. I'm not going to mention names or, or cities or states. Anytime I ask him a one-line Question literally one line. I get a fourteen paragraph email, basically power copy and pasted from the code, um, with bare, a little bit of analysis, but really just copy and pasted, and saying here's the answer. I'm just like, dude, all I want is the stupid answer. I could have figured this out myself. Asked you a one line question, and I have a fourteen paragraph copy and paste of the stupid code with barely any answer. So unfortunately I'm reverting my back to being a lawyer and I'm going to give you both sides. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, in a perfect world, if money's not an object then yeah, set up an LLC, right? You get limited liability protection. You're not losing anything. Although if you, um, aren't in the state of California, again, it's a money thing, right? You $800 minimum franchise fee. Uh, but if money is no object and you just want protection, An LLC does make sense because you are getting that limited liability protection. If you set up an LLC in Delaware or Wyoming, it also can get a little more privacy, much harder for anyone to track down who owns that property. Also some IRA or 401k investors do not want people to know that a retirement plan owns the property, whether it's just for privacy purposes or or, or just creditor reasons or or whatever reason, uh, whether they're setting up a real estate fund and they don't want their investors to know that they're using retirement money to invest or buy this asset, um, an LLC will, will protect that because all they'll see is the LLC. Only the operating agreement, Jerry, will show who the owner is. So if money's no object, then yeah, I would do the LLC, can't hurt. Again, what is limited liability protection? It protects your assets outside of the LLC. So limited liability protection, a lot of people don't realize that, does not protect the money in the LLC creditors can take and touch and attack, if possible, the money inside of the LLC. But limited liability protection protects your assets outside of the LLC. So if you have a million dollars or $500,000 in an IRA and you, you bought a piece of property for 200 grand, by putting the 200 grand property in an LLC, creditor will not be able to touch the 300 grand in, in that IRA or 401k. Whereas if there's no LLC and the IRA or 401k owned, real estate directly then potentially all of that money even outside of the investment could be subject to a tax. so that's why i said if money is not an object and generally it's not super expensive other than california to set up an llc we if you're a client of ours we generally don't charge uh, more than the state filing fee we just help you do it Uh, we can also provide you an operating agreement if you're a client of ours for a 401k Uh, And this way you have an LLC. Now, one other thing to mention, if you want to get a loan, right, especially if you're a solo 401k, want to take advantage of the ability to use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, most lenders will not lend directly to the plan. They're going to require you to get an LLC to actually uh, acquire the loan. So in that case, you're going to pretty much be forced to do an LLC if you want to get a loan. But um, if money is tight, then don't need the LLC. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's most states, I would say the average LLC filing fee is a couple hundred bucks. So it's like doesn't move the needle. It's not big money other than California, where it's a minimum 800 buck fee. Every other state, I would say the average go from you know, 50 to a few hundred bucks a year. Uh, some states are zero like like Missouri. Um, so just something to consider, um, Jerry. uh I don't want to say you have to do it. It doesn't hurt, obviously. And I think it, it makes sense. But again, I don't want to spend other people's money. If it was me, Jerry, if you were my brother, my dad, my son, uh, I would say, yeah, just get an LLC. Want uh, to add layer of protection. Why not? Uh, can't hurt. So that's my uh, answer to you, Jerry. But thank you for the question. And uh, that does it. That's a wrap. For another episode of Ad mail and I want to thank every one of you from for listening and um, thanks uh, so much I really appreciate it also don't forget to check out two of my other podcasts ad bits, which drops every Tuesday and Adam talks, which drops every Wednesday um, and you can pick up these podcasts anywhere you listen to your podcasts also don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel you can also listen to this on YouTube and don't worry you don't even have to look at me. Uh, which is even better. You get to just kind of imagine what I look like. If you don't know what I look like, you can also just watch one of my videos and see what I look like. But it's probably more enjoyable not to look at me. So you can always check this out on YouTube and just listen and subscribe because we drop five videos and three podcasts a week. So there's tons of amazing content on self-directed retirement plans, investments, taxation, and also I do a Adam live session every week generally anywhere from Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Um, It Depends on the week, depends on my schedule. So if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you will get notified when I go live and then you can check it out and ask questions. And it's it's kind of fun. It's generally 20 to 40 minutes on a current event topic in the self-directed investment tax retirement world. So lots of fun. And also if you have questions or ideas for future ad mails, ad bits, or Adam lives, let me know. I'd love to hear from all of you. Otherwise, uh, be be well and uh, talk to everyone again next week.